Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at today in show 98. Happy 50th to Radio Caroline. Save time at airports with jacket caching. Car tracking, James Bond style. How you can hitch a ride on a comet. Plus solid state drives and expat BBC. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. First off, you'll no doubt be aware of the plans for the BBC to scrap their popular TV channel. BBC Three is set to become an online-only channel from next year. Well, the campaign to save the channel is in full swing. T-shirts, letters to MPs, Stephen Fry and a petition with over 220,000 e-signatures. There's even a song. Yeah, I don't know what to do anymore Why didn't you ask BBC Four? Don't leave me BBC Three Show your support at SaveBBC3.com Next, some 4G news. EE has dropped the entry price for its 4G data service from £19 a month to £14. This was announced in the same month as another 12 towns have been switched on to the faster data service. EE is also set to bring out a budget 4G phone, dubbed the Kestrel, in the coming weeks. Next, Microsoft Office is finally available for the iPad. The app is free, but to be able to create documents, you'll need an Office 365 account. The iPhone and Android versions of Office have now become completely free. No subscription is required for creating Word or Excel documents on the move. Files are stored on Microsoft's OneDrive cloud solution. London Live, the new TV channel for the capital, launched on the 31st of March. The channel offers over five hours a day of live TV and current affairs, plus a range of new shows and London-themed content. In the London area, you'll find this on Freeview Channel 8. It's also on Sky and Virgin. Out now, hot on the heels of the iKettle, it's the iRon, the world's first Wi-Fi iron. Analyse the creases with a built-in 9 megapixel camera and automatically adjust your iron based on material density. You can control the iron from your smartphone and set an alarm to wake you up to the smell of fresh linen. Yes, well done to Firebox on this year's April Fool. Some other snippets. Kids Channel Pop has been added to the Freeview lineup. Sky is set to launch a download and keep movie service as a rival to iTunes. And version 1.2 of the Freesat app has just been released. And finally, a mere 15 years after the arrival of the first MP3 player, the UK copyright laws are about to be updated. If the changes go through, in June you'll be legally allowed to rip music and video from CDs and DVDs that you own, and then copy them to your media devices. Finally, you'll be able to start adding music to your empty smartphones and media players. Be warned though, the updated law means that should you sell your DVDs or CDs, you'll be required to destroy the electronic copies, as well as all backups. 
Roll on June. Thanks, Pete. For more TV and tech news, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, Kelly. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Pete. How are you? Not too bad. You had a little bit of a cough earlier, didn't you? Are you all right? Oh, I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm surviving at the moment. Honey and lemon, honey and lemon. We'll be gentle with you. Uh, before we dive into the uh, the main feature of the show, I would like to talk to you about Bennu. Bennu. You don't know who Bennu is? Sounds like it should be a cartoon from childhood. Well, it's a comet heading this way. It's not actually that far away now in in astronomical terms. And uh, as we mentioned briefly in the last show, you have your chance of getting your name on a NASA probe that's going to go and visit it. How cool. Is this like the Mars one we did before? It wasn't Mars, it was an orbiting satellite. So your and my name and the word frequency cast was orbiting in the Aris satellite overhead. You could send your name on the Mars rover, but we didn't actually do that. But now you could get your name etched to a chip that's going to be sent on the OSIRIS-REx probe on its way to the Bennu comet. How cool. Yeah. For what purpose? Your name immortalised and sent into space. Let's face it, it's the only time you're going to get to go into space. Why, will it? Well, you don't want to be an astronaut, do you? Well, no, I don't, but they're starting to take people up in nice little holidays. I'll have a word for you then. Uh, Goodbye. I don't know that I believe this. I think it's a con. I'd want photo evidence. Funny you say that. Oh, Pete, you haven't. You put my name on Bennu. There you go. So you're holding a certificate. Messages to Bennu. Certificate of participation. Kelly Frequency Cast. Certificate number signed by the uh, Planetary Society. Are you not impressed? This is the funniest, most random gift I have ever been given in my life. Are you honoured? I'm honoured that you would get me a gift as to what it is. It's brilliant. Look, it's unique. There's only 271,000 people that have done this so far. So okay, yeah. So not many. And I love the fact that my middle name has now become Frequency Cast. I think we should get it changed by deed poll to Frequency Cast. Is that okay? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Well, I have to say, although this is a rather nice little certificate, I didn't actually pay for it. It takes about 20 seconds just to go on, put your name in and get a PDF. So anybody out there that wants to do this, I'm sorry, Kelly, this wasn't... It's not a present, it's just a nice little gesture that your and my name will forever be orbiting the sun on the Bennu comet. And anyone that wants to do this, you've got a little while to do it yet, but why the heck not? You know, get your name engraved on a little chip that's going to sit on a comet forever. Certificate, get one for your friend, get one for somebody in your family. It looks a nice little certificate. I think everyone should do it. Hello, this is Simon Jones, a.k.a. Arthur Dent, voyaging through the galaxy, and you're listening to Frequency Cast. Now, Kelly, happy birthday. Not to you, but to what? The Queen. Fifty years ago, something very important happened in the UK. And without it, frequency casts probably wouldn't be here. Radio. Radio, yes. On the 28th of March, way, way back in 1964, Radio Caroline launched... That's where Tony Blackburn, they all started there, didn't they, really? All the big names in radio. We do owe a lot to the Pirates, and it's 50 years since the launch of offshore radio in the UK. And to that end, there was a celebration just a couple of days ago in Walton-on-the-Nays in the county of Essex. So we went along to have a little chat and find out a little bit more. I'm on the East Essex coast at Walton-on-the-Nays, no less, with Jim. Hello there, Jim. Hi, Pete. And uh, Jim, it's a rather special day today. What's going on today? 
It is. Today is the 28th of March and it is 50 years to this day when Radio Caroline started back in 1964. And of course that changed the face of broadcasting in the UK, didn't it? So we had the uh, the three BBC services and not a lot else and uh, the pirates steamed in and uh, moored off the Essex coast and changed the way we listened to our radio. Is that right? Yeah, it is. I mean, many followed Radio Caroline, but Radio Caroline can claim to be the first off the off the UK coast. And it was anchored three or four miles off the Walton coast, and actually at that time was actually visible from the pier here. And uh, we are standing on the pier, and I can see over there there's another structure you pointed out to me over there, which of course I'm a lord of. Uh, what are we looking at over there, right in the very distance there, through the fog? I'm actually bowing down now to uh, Lord Pete of Sealand. Uh, yes, the, the fort, Pete, is uh, Sealand. It was originally Ruff's Tower, and it was one of the Army or Navy wartime defence systems from World War II. And uh, in 1967 was taken over by uh, Roy Bates and declared an the independent principality of Sealand. Of course, and I'm indeed a lord of Sealand, but we're not here to talk about Sealand today. We are talking about Radio Caroline. And Jim, what does Radio Caroline mean to you? I guess I I didn't really listen much in the 60s, and today is about the start of Radio Caroline, but what quite a few people don't realise is that Radio Caroline carried on. It, it had various times when it shut down, shut down in 1968, but returned in 1972 uh, off the Dutch coast, and that's when I started listening. And it was a very different type of station, and it wasn't playing top 40 music, it was playing album music. And uh, it was uh, the story of the struggle of a radio station to survive transmitting from a ship in the high seas. And it, it was something that I followed greatly and uh, had quite an influence on me and my interest in radio. And it did have some uh, interesting uh, ups and downs, didn't it? There were a couple of rather nasty situations that the ships experienced over the years. They did. I mean, in the 60s, the ship ran aground near here off the Frenton coast. In the 70s, aerial masts fell down ship anchors broke and eventually in, in March 1980 the ship actually sank by that time it was back off the UK coast and it sank and um, it was another three years before they could get another ship the Ross Revenge and then that also uh, went through quite a lot of uh, difficulties but 50 years on uh, there's still a Radio Caroline which transmits on the internet and uh, still has quite a loyal following which we've seen here today. Indeed yes so where we are on the pier if I look back to to land I can see the RNLI building which is where the uh, celebrations for the day are. I was a little bit surprised to see an Only Fools and Horses person here today. Yeah uh, Paul Barber's here better known as Denzel from Only Fools and Horses and uh, he is actually from what I know apparently he's a Radio Caroline fan and uh, he was um, doing the emceeing for the start of the uh, proceedings today and uh, well, there's a lot of people here, quite a few hundred people here, I would guess. We're going to be doing uh, proceedings for the rest of the day, uh, telling everybody where to go, where to get off and everything else and where the boat is. There'll be a big firework display and a helicopter will be flying over. All right. Without further ado, I'm going to hand you over to um, Tony, the captain, Haggis, who was basically the skipper of Radio Caroline when it first came out. All right. I'm with Tony, Tony Campbell, who's organised today's event. And Tony is holding it in his hands. Well, let me get Tony to tell you what he's holding. It's an original Radio Caroline bell, which was given to the rescue team from the local Coast Guard station here back in 1966 for the rescue of Tom Lodge, um, Norman St John, Dave Lee Travis, Tony Blackburn, off the Miamigo when she went ashore at Frinton and 66. They broke her anchor chain and the lifeboat couldn't launch in time because it was severe weather and this was given to the um, guys for getting these guys off the ship anyway. Tony, just 
quickly tell us what your involvement with Radio Caroline because I, I know that you were a skipper at some time so tell us tell us what boat you were skipper of and when you were skipper. I joined the Rostrevenge in November 5th 1985 and we went out on board the Windy and got on board and uh, that's when we, that was doing Euro Siege when Laser was out there as well so and I skipped the ship for, through the 80s and 90s and uh, had great fun on board fantastic guys and a privilege to be part of Radio Caroline. Can we finish? I think we need to hear the Caroline bell. It's midday on Radio Caroline. It's Chris Moore playing the Beatles. Can't buy me love. Excellent. Thank you, Tony. Brilliant. Thank you. And, of course, as well as the uh, history of uh, offshore radio, we're doing some amateur radio here today, and I think in a few minutes you're going to go and pick up a mic and see if you can do some uh, some transmitting from this historic event. Is that right? Yeah, we're running the uh, special event station GB5OR, OR for offshore radio, because uh, whilst it's commemorating Radio Caroline, obviously it's the start of offshore radio for this country. I'm with Charlie M0PZT. Hello, Charlie. Hello, Pete. What have you been up to? Mostly on uh, 40 metres, 7 megahertz, uh, making uh, QSOs uh, with stations around the UK, Scotland, Ireland, down into uh, the Isle of Wight as well. So what we'd call in amateur radio terms, reasonably local. So uh, just talk me through what uh, equipment you've brought along. It's my typical portable uh, equipment fare. It's uh, a, a, a camping backpack with uh, a, an all-band, all-mode radio with a, a small battery and a, a fishing pole that's about a metre long when it's closed. But it's, it's up at the moment and it's the best part of nine metres tall. But the radio and the battery are in my backpack and all you can see is the microphone coming out of it and uh, a morse key on the table as well. But it, it is reasonably stealth. And uh, it's been performing well today on the batteries? We're on our second battery. We've got a 12-volt uh, battery, and uh, the capacity of it usually lends itself to around two hours of um, casual operating time. But uh, after about two and a half hours of us really hammering it, it's, uh, it's, it still seems to be holding up. But we're running 100 watts of power, so we're running the full power from the radio. We're, we're really very happy with the performance. CQ, CQ, CQ. This is GB5OR. GB5OR calling CQ, 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 CQ. So that was fun and games at Walton on the Nays in the county of Essex. All good fun, and we loved it, didn't we? Absolutely. Great day out. Hi, I'm Jason Bradbury from uh, The Gadget Show, and you're listening to Frequency Cast. Right, as we're recording this, Kelly, we're not far away from a trip up north to... The Gadget Show. Yep, as a reminder, Gadget Show Live between the 9th and the 13th of April up at the NEC, which is being sold, by the way, if you hadn't heard the news. I hadn't heard the news. It's been sold. Where have you been? I don't know. I have actually been away, to be fair. I'll let you off. Okay. So, uh, yeah, 9th to the 13th, Gadget Show Live, NEC Birmingham. And, of course, we gave away some tickets, didn't we? We did indeed. So a good number of our listeners are going along to Gadget Show Live to enjoy themselves. Uh, if you see us, give us a wave. We'll be wearing our Frequency Cast T-shirts, won't we? Yes, do come and say hello. And uh, hope you enjoy the show. We went to the Christmas one, didn't we? And you met a lovely chap and you couldn't help stroking him and having a rummage, could you? I feel this is incredibly unfair. You asked me to have a rummage. I did not just willingly go and do it. And just to explain what was going on, we met a lovely chap called Zane from a company called iGear who were all about how to wear your gadgets. Kelly, see what you can find in uh, this gentleman's uh, left pocket here. Are you actually going to make me do this? Well, we've got an iPad in one. Quite a nice little photo ID in here. Oh, we've got um, headphones. 
Do you still want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going, yeah. Almost like I could find anything in here. There's like never-ending products. Now, we looked at these before. Basically, the product that Zane here is wearing has 23 pockets? Correct, it's got 23 pockets. It's just recently been upgraded from 18 to 23. So now you've got the option of carrying iPads on the left-hand side or the right-hand side. Does this thing weigh you down now, or can you still nip about with this? You can nip about with it, because you can't really tell I'm carrying an iPad, and you can carry much more. I've got everything from debit cards to binoculars to keys and it's just totally ram-packed. So I've got to ask, one of the killer features of this has to be travelling. So uh, getting through an airport where you've got to empty out your keys, your wallet and all that stuff, does this get around that problem? Oh yes, how many times have you been through security and you're walking back into it because you've got that one coin somewhere in your jeans that's triggering the alarm. So put your coins in here, load the vest up, approach the scanner and put it on the belt and you go through it. If you're travelling with budget airlines, you can save on baggage fees because you can carry everything on you. That is my biggest problem. You try being a girl just trying to travel on your hand luggage, that is hard work. I'd love to try being a girl for a bit, it must be great fun. Yeah, I'm sure you would. So what do you reckon then, rather stylish jacket? To be honest, you would not know that you were carrying as much as you have. I think it's very slick. Unless you really, really, really look and delve into the jacket, you can't see that there's that much hidden in there and the thing is you'd be carrying that much weight anyway you'd just be carrying it on one shoulder or like in a backpack so why not just carry it in a jacket so i saw a rather nice t-shirt as well in uh, in girly pink for you could you uh, see yourself out jogging in one of these i really need one of these that's the one that's really caught my eye to be honest you go out for a run and you can't take your keys there's nowhere to put anything you want your phone i mean i've actually gone out jogging before and got myself lost and I've not had a phone, I've not had my like Oyster card, I've been completely stuck. And that means I've got everything there as a general precaution, but without having to try and hold on to it and run at the same time, I think it's a great idea. So the t-shirt we're looking at here, I can see one pocket, but you claim five. Where are the other ones tucked away? The fives, they're all kind of scattered strategically around the pocket, so they're easy to use. I'm a cyclist, so when I'm on the road, I want to have you know backup cash, spare change, my phone, and I want to be able to access that all easily without you know, trying to find that pocket. So they've all been placed securely. There's three zip pockets and two non-zip pockets. So it's really a matter of which one you're most keen on. Okay, so apart from the t-shirt and the jacket that we've spoken about before, any new products since we saw you last? Yes, we've introduced the hoodie, the H13, today at the show. Uh, and it's also been featured in the new X-Men film, which is out this year. And the concept behind that was the same as the vest and the jacket which is aimed at teenagers and students, and you can carry your iPad and everything, again, strategically placed, minimal look, concealed pockets. I am very impressed. I'd like to know how long it takes to find your keys once you get back from a cycle. Ah, uh, I see Zane's got the trick. Go on then, show us where your keys are. So you've got a built-in key retractor on the outside hand warmer pocket, so you never lose your keys, and you can attach a torch or whatever onto it. I don't know about you, but I tend to lose things quite a lot, so my car keys are always on it. And very, very good. I like that. Uh, well, we're pretty impressed, aren't we, Kelly? Yeah, I'm very impressed. Do you want another rummage before we go? No, Pete, stop it. Go on then, Zay. Just give us a reminder of your web address. Yep, you can find us on iGear.com or you can purchase from Amazon EU. Just give us a spelling of your website. Yes, it's A-Y-E-G-E-A-R.com. 
So that's Zane from iGear. Very, very good gadgets and uh, very stylish as well. Yes, really, really good. And seem quite lightweight considering. Of course, all sorts of things to see at the Gadget Show. We're going to be there hopefully recording a few interviews, chatting to some of the inventors in the new inventor section, which would be quite interesting. And no doubt we'll be looking at Spy Gadgets again, your favourite. Yeah, right. But I know the main thing we're really going for is that you can try and meet Rachel Riley. <sighs> yeah, see? And that you can finally meet Jason Bradbury again. Or just a nice, rich inventor. Mr Lawton, perhaps? He's been taken. Oh, has he really? Oh, OK, yeah. so of course that's the uh, the man from Bubble Picks, lovely chap, Tom Lawton. And uh, we're still waiting for his bubble scope. It's just going through the final phases of Kickstarter, so any minute now his brand new invention will be out. And of course we'll be talking about it here on Frequency Cast. So uh, yes, there will be some spy gadgets and things. And uh, one such gadget you had a lot of fun with last year, it was a car tracker. Do you remember that? Briefly, I do remember the car tracker. I do remember you not being overly impressed on the ability to be spied upon in your vehicle. And to find out more, here is Chris from Back To You Trackers. These are all GPS trackers that work on a pay-as-you-go SIM card, so there's no monthly fees involved. The one you're looking at at the moment is our best seller. It's a self-contained tracker. And this is the one that we do sell to husbands tracking wives and wives tracking husbands. The customer just buys this tracker, sticks it on the vehicle they want to track, and they can track it all via their uh, cell phone. Okay, so let me just get this right. It's magnetic, so presumably you have to stick it on the outside of the car, or can you put it inside? It can go on the inside. It's better on the inside, out of the weather. Uh, it'll work through a reasonable amount of metal. It doesn't need to see the sky. And all you need to do when you want to find out where your vehicle is, or your wife is, or your husband is, is call up the SIM card from your phone, and it will send you a text message back, giving you latitude, longitude, and also a link to Google Maps, so you can just click on the link and see um, the location on your phone. You don't need to go to a PC. And you're also saying it can be set so that if someone takes your car or your car moves, you get an alert to say that your car's gone and where it's gone? Yes, you can set a movement alert. So if you're going to park your car overnight or in storage at the airport, you're going on holiday, you set a movement alert on the tracker. Soon as that tracker moves, you'll get a text message saying your car's on the move, this is its location, this is its speed, direction, and it'll keep updating you every three minutes. Obviously, you can inform the police. All the police now have got their own mobile phones. You can give them the number of the tracker so they can trick it live in real time. They don't need any special equipment to do that, just do it on the phones. Well, I just think there's too many people that really abuse a product like this. I can 100% see its benefit for anti-theft. I just think that there's far too many very paranoid people out there that would very happily track their partners. So go on then, Chris, be honest. The percentage of people that buy this for uh, theft reasons or for espionage reasons, go on, spill the beans. I think probably 20% are sold for uh, reasons we don't like to ask about. The uh, rest of them are sold for legitimate tracking vehicles, tracking cars. I think mostly for, for peace of mind. You know, Traditionally, most trackers have had a monthly fee involved of like 12 quid a month, and really you only need to know where your vehicle is when it's not there, so why pay out that sort of money? They can go get it all from our website, which is backtoyou.com, and it's B-A-C-K, the number two, and Y-O-U.com. Still not convinced, are you, Kelly? I don't like any idea of being spied on at all. Well, hopefully some of our listeners will spy us at uh, Gadget Show Live. We'll see you there. <laughs> see you there. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. Interaction time. The part of the show where you get to have your say and you can send in your emails or your Facebook messages, your compliments, your suggestions and occasionally your complaints. And uh, Kelly, who's first? Well, the first message comes in from Nick Fletcher. He says... 
Here's a little expat trick for BBC iPlayer, as the Beeb will still not let licence payers view outside the UK. Right, I'll stop you there, Kelly. Nick goes on to explain how to get around this weird IP geo-blocking stuff, and uh, do you know what that's all about? Well, you may have just stopped me, but I'm quite glad that I've got the uh, little hints and tricks now. Yes, indeed. So this is a little bit of history here. Uh, that uh, the BBC do not let you watch BBC content outside of the UK. And uh, Naughty Nick has sent us the uh, the workaround, but uh, for legal reasons, we're not going to be uh, able to disclose that information. But uh, just carry on with the last bit of this email there, Kelly. Yes, Nick goes on to say, I do wish the BBC would get with it as a simple authentication, such as a licence payer number or postcode for those outside the UK, would be useful. Absolutely, you'd think... As he's paid his licence fee, just because he's outside the country, he should still be able to access the content. But he contacted the BBC and he got an email back. It's possibly one of those sort of cut-and-paste email responses. But it does just explain the issue here. So the BBC says here, I understand that as a UK TV licence holder, you want to be able to watch BBC iPlayer outside the UK. Unfortunately, it is not possible for you to access television programmes on the iPlayer outside of the UK. The system uses GOIP technology to identify where someone is situated outside of the UK. This ensures that only internet users in the UK can download and watch content. Kelly, they now go on to explain why. Over to you. Yes, apparently strict rights agreements mean that television programmes on BBC iPlayer are only available to users in the UK. Whilst they would like to provide access to UK residents travelling abroad, regardless of whether or not a person pays a UK television licence, legally they cannot make content available outside the UK. Can I just say that is the most poorly written response statement I have ever received. It isn't the clearest email, is it, I have to say, but uh, at least we know why, and at least Nick knows the workaround. And, and now so do we. Thank you, Nick. We just unfortunately can't tell anyone. Anyway, moving on before the lawyers pounce on us. We uh, talked in the last show about Windows 8 and the joys of uh, how wonderful that is as a system and suggested that maybe Windows 7 might be a better bet for some people. But we heard here on our Facebook page from Sean. What did he have to say? Yes, he says, with regards to Windows 7, I would advise people to be careful when purchasing. For example, on eBay, there are loads of illegal copies circulating through various channels, and there is a risk that unwary buyers may compromise their computers as a result. So do be very wary. If you're picking up a copy of Windows 7, make sure it's an authentic legal copy, otherwise you could get yourself in all sorts of problems. Uh, Next, we heard from Matt Finlay with a question. He says, I'm looking to get a new laptop and want some information on solid state drives. These bump up the price quite a bit for a lot less storage than normal drives. So are you familiar with solid state drives? Not at all, actually. Okay, well, basically, when you buy a hard drive, you've got a choice. You can either get a traditional HDD hard drive, and it's got moving parts and little levers read the information off the magnets. Solid state drives are what you get on your mobile phone. So it's a chip, no moving parts. So to answer Matt's question, you can go for a magnetic hard drive. They have the advantage of being quite common, quite cheap, and you can get really large capacity drives. The alternative is the SDD, the solid state drive. They have no moving parts. They're a lot faster. Apps will launch a heck of a lot quicker, and the performance is better. Also, you don't get fragmentation. So I don't know if you've ever defragged your old hard drive. Oh, yes, all the time don't need to do that with solid state they're more durable as well and also they run more quietly so they are generally very very good but they are pricey and you can't get them in large sizes i think generally sometimes you need the space more than anything else 
Now I'm quite lucky, my desktop at home, what I've got is I've got the Windows installation on an SSD and my data on a drive. So my Windows operating system's really fast and snappy and when I have to access a file, the machine slows down a bit. So if you've got the luxury of having both, that's the way to go. Of course, of course you would have both. Of course, only the best, you know me. And uh, finally for the show, we heard from Nicholas Skippings. Yes, he says, Hi, Kelly and Pete. I hope that you do something special for your 100th frequency cast, which is coming up in June. Oh, yes. We're near that magic three-digit number, aren't we? How are we going to celebrate then, Kelly? I don't know, but I'm so glad somebody else realised because we've been getting excited about it for months. Your voice at the beginning of the show where you go, and today's show is show 98. If you listen back to them, it goes 96, 97, 98. So uh, what are we going to do for our 100s? I think I'm so excited. I have no ideas. Well, I think we've got a couple of choices. Option number one is we get you into space to go up and wave at the comet. Or the second option is we ask the listeners to get in touch for show 99 and maybe we can uh, see what they want us to do in uh, number 100. What do you think? Well, I think that's probably A, the most likely, and B, it makes more sense for us. So if you've got some ideas, please get in touch. Uh, And the last thing Nicholas has to say... In one of your shows, please could you focus on the new audio format, high-fidelity Blu-ray pure audio. Also, could you take a look back at other high-quality audio formats? Yes, Nicholas is wondering what happened to all those high-resolution audio formats like uh, DVD audio, I remember DAT, digital audio tape, and also SACD that we had a few years ago. So uh, possibly worth discussing. If you're interested in that, dear listener, please get in touch and we'll talk about high-quality audio. If you want us to talk audio, please get in touch. Yes, or maybe we should just do party gadgets. You can get in touch with us a number of ways. One way, of course, is to look out for us at Gadget Show Live. But if you miss us, how else can people get in touch, Kelly? Well, they could also call us and leave us a voicemail. The number is 0208-133-4567. Of course, they can post their question on the nearest comet and we'll pick it up in 10 years' time. Or they could text us, which is more likely, on 07882 421 It's the cost of a standard text. Or good old email via the contact us button on our website. Of course, we're also all over Facebook and Twitter as well. Yes, absolutely. If you want to get in touch, we look forward to hearing from you. Until then, time to take off, Kelly. Five, Five four, three, two, one. Frequency cast. Shut down in progress. Thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast. For news updates and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Frequency Cast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast.